0: <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, so, so Roger's so, you know, The problem with the podcast we never know actually when to start it because we we say some things like, you know, we should hit the button sooner.
1: And then. So, anyways. right before he hits the button, Roger says, well, I don't have any pre stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, just being <laughs> honest. We're honest, if nothing else. We're honest. <laughs>
1: You don't mind if I hum along, do Yeah, No, actually I do mind. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm I'm Roger and I'm with my my brother Jeff. Um, We're biological brothers. We live in uh, central Kentucky. We do this podcast out of uh, Jessamine County. I'm proud of Jessamine County, by the way. You may not be because you don't live here. You don't have to be, but I am. And so we uh, we are two uh, ex-pastors. We say recovering pastors. And we have... There's no known uh, history of of uh, whatever scandal. <laughs> I <can't. laughs> You threw me off by saying what you did. You tried to trip me up a little bit. But anyway, and uh, we uh, we do this podcast free. We don't sell advertisement. Don't send us money. If you do that, we'll just blow it. So anyway, good to have you with us. And so, Jeff, anything going over... We are about... What's the division there? We are...
1: Uh, not from the podcast, but from the books. I mean, we are... We, we are what? I, I think we're going to have a little bit of reportable income this year. This oh, no. It's all well, on the books. So we're only in this,
0: what, six years now? We may actually be in the black. We're not going well, to the- <laughs> I mean, I don't
1: think it's that much, so you're not going to have to make estimated okay. payments or anything like that. I'm going to quit that, my day so to- job. Okay, I got you. <laughs> but it's actually, I mean, it is kind of, you know... <laughs> the book sales have actually, I think the Facebook presence has okay, had well. and, <laughs> our, and our listenership on the podcast is, is growing. And so uh, we we're, were actually We're sell- like the
0: worst marketers in the world <laughs> on this planet. <laughs> so we're going to end up selling so, more
1: books this year uh, well, than we have the last What book couple are we talking years. about, Jeff? Oh, oh that's right. We vision. didn't mention yeah. that last time, yeah. did we? Uh, book is Breaking the Hex, uh, Life with God After the Cross Killed Religion. Okay, since you mentioned that, one thing we probably ought to clarify is you know, a couple of podcasts ago, we, we talked about your head all jam up. And I don't know if we've talked about this or not, but um, the Pigeon Bible has has revised that. It's no longer in the modern, yeah, the, it, it the it current changed. version. Don't you hate the, that? When you get I a know. good quote
0: out of a translation and, and, and they change so, it.
1: But it, And so what it says now is so, you know, it used to say, you guys from Glacier or something like that, uh, Yo head all jam now, up. Now we're talking about
0: the Hawaiian translation Hawaiian called the Pigeon, Pigeon yeah translation p-i-d-g-i-n okay
1: and it's, just, it's in the if you had the bible app and if you search yeah. for hawaiian pigeon it's yeah, there yeah and it may not be in the list that you already have but if you search for it, you, it yeah. it's in there and so instead of saying you'll head all jam up now it says you guys you guys from galatia all jam up the way you you think so all this is galatians
0: 3 right you say galatians 3 galatians verse 3 1. 1. so whenever
1: yeah. says head all jam up it says you guys from Galatia all jam up the way you think. So, so. it's, it's, they changed it. I like the head all jam up. part. So, if we but. ever revise our book, I don't know, if, I guess we'll just leave it the old way or we may yeah. have to specify, okay, this <laughs> was the Let such and such thing.
0: We're not going to revise it anymore. <laughs> we've already revised it enough. It's, it is what it is now. So, um, so anyway, you know, um, I've still, and I, and I know we've talked about it a little bit twice before. And I don't like, you know, you'd like to, you know, you don't like to keep, Going over some things, but I'm still, I still, I mean, we'll get it one more time. I'm still thinking about this this idea that you have a story you tell yourself. Okay, you All have right. a loop in your head. Okay, and so here's what we said a couple of podcasts ago. If you didn't hear about it, but I think everybody has this. We have a story that we tell them ourselves that loops around in our head. I've heard a couple other
1: settings, not even non-Christian settings, talk about the story in your head. So I don't know well, if that's just kind of,
0: I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I'm I don't know. I am not sure. I am not claiming I invented the yeah. idea, but I don't remember if, if I heard it somewhere or not. But you, people do have a story, mm-hmm. and it's a story you tell yourself repeatedly. Now, in my, I think my theory is in the story, you are usually either a villain where you have a story where you are feeling guilty because you did something wrong in your story, and you probably were the villain. You probably did do something, but but you are not able to get over. <laughs> Many times, you are not able to receive God's forgiveness, so you are still the villain. For a lot of people, you are the victim of a story. You know, somebody did me wrong. Um, whether it's my parents, my my upbringing, a spouse, kids, whatever. I'm I'm a victim. Mm -hmm. And it plays over and over and over in your head. And then for some people, you're a hero in your story. I mean, you just think you're all that. The world revolves around you. There's nobody like you. You're amazing. But I think most people have at least one or a combination of those three main topics looping in their head. Now, here's the thing is that – and what I didn't say before I don't believe, is that religion um, tends to enforce, reinforce your story. So if you're the villain, you know, religion will reinforce that. Yeah, you are bad. You didn't do what God wanted you to do. You are worthless. You are scum. Well, religion you know, yeah.
1: leads one of those two directions, Well, either shame or pride.
0: Yeah, well right or or even that if you if you see yourself as the victim all the time mm-hmm. religion will say yes they did you wrong so it, so it's really I think three things mm-hmm. okay. so you're the victim you know they you, people were not very godly to you they were they were whatever they did and so you're the victim that plays over in your head or you're just the greatest person to ever walked the planet you're the hero in your story and you're just completely oblivious to your own shortcomings whatever you just So that made. would be you that that's, would be me yeah that, okay. that, that's, that's the thing I struggle with and, or I think you could struggle with each of these sometimes maybe in different ways, too. But it's but usually this or a blend, one of these or a blend of all three of these. But religion just reinforces the story. If you think you're the greatest thing ever, you can convince yourself of, of that through religion. You know, mm-hmm. Boy, I, I, I serve God. I, I follow Jesus. I, and you're all about you. You're a, basically a Christian narcissist. But religion doesn't disrupt the story, I don't believe. So whatever so, story
1: is playing, it can kind of reinforce any of them. Yeah,
0: it can reinforce that or
1: amplify any of them.
0: And so my theory, and I'll say it as a theory, that the reason that, or maybe one reason I should say that God used the whole idea of a blood sacrifice to be, really the center point of our relationship with Him. The fact that Jesus, you know, died on a cross—a very violent, bloody—you know—you know, we don't really get out like many times just how violent that was, how bad that. Roman execution was. Now, the people then, I think, had one little advantage over us, and I think they understood a Roman crucifixion. They understood how horrific it was, where I don't think, we, I think mm-hmm. we've I kind of sanitized it a little bit. So the this horrific, violent death, I think, when you understand that God did that for you, and that paid for your redemption, that's a demonstration of his love for you, I think that has the potential to disrupt the story in your head. Right. In other words, instead of me sitting around all day thinking about how somebody done me wrong or how great I am or I'm a victim of something, I, I just know that I have a God. And I forget who, who, quote. I think we used it in the book, but who said you know that Jesus basically demonstrated that he would rather die than live without you. Mm-hmm. That he wanted to, you know, he gave his life for you. And that he says that even God was in Christ doing that. So it wasn't just that Jesus had to do it for God, but that that, that whole thing was orchestrated by God to somehow, I think, jolt us out of a, a loop that's in our head and okay. give us a new story. Now, go ahead and I have another.
1: Well, I, something just occurred to me that I think there's there's a common thread of all three of those scenarios. Okay, and that is a lack of love, mm-hmm. of being loved. Okay, and so for the person who is um, feels like the the victim, you know, they've not been treated right. So. You know, they don't know that they're loved. The person who's the the villain and trying to do stuff to to get what they're missing, they don't know that they're loved. And then obviously the one who thinks that the sinner trying to get, you know, all those I think are kind of attempts yeah. to be loved and get loved. And so I think, and so the cross is the ultimate demonstration uh, of the love of God. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God commends his love, Romans 5, God commends his love toward us or demonstrates his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so... In that way too, yeah. It it solves that. Let me give you
0: another another take this this, my theory a little one step further too. When Jesus talked about you know faith moving a mountain, you do have Mm -hmm. to ask yourself what is that really about? I mean, what (laughs) what what are we talking about here? I mean, you're going to ask that when we get to well, there's no (laughs) place there's no place in scripture or anywhere else where somebody literally moved a mountain. So we think it's it's illustrative of something. And so we've used it basically to say, well, it's, it's basically that God will solve a big problem. And I, I don't doubt that he can't do that and does do that on occasion. But you know what? I, I, I believe personally, and just my personal interpretation, that you're the mountain. You're what gets moved. Okay. And it's a faith in what God has done for you. It's your faith and trust in God that moves you. You're the mountain that needs to be moved. You're the one that's stuck. And I believe you're stuck with this loop going through your head. And it's the gospel, is faith in what Jesus has done for you, that moves you. Anyway, so Emmett, anyway, comment on that. Well, one. you said
1: mountain. You know, I I overthink these things sometimes. So I try. Okay, what other mountains are mentioned in Scripture? You know, if you put in the context of the entire Bible. The first thing that came up so this is probably a stretch. I'm not saying. I'm pretty sure that's not what he was talking about. But it came to my mind, in Mount Sinai. So, faith can move mountains, well, Mount Sinai represents the law and all that stood against us. So, in that way, faith in Christ removes that. Mount Sinai.
0: Well, so.
1: <laughs> maybe. You know, yeah, I like my I'm theory not, a little better, but okay. i saying maybe Thank too, you for so. playing, and
0: we'll be in touch. And thank you, Mr. Fus. <laughs> no, I, 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 I get you, but so. I, I, I know. I mean, I that was just the
1: first thought. I, you know, but you have got me curious now. What,
0: well, you know, and, and what so, was he talking about? Well, just the whole idea that the the gospel, the good news of what happened on that cross you know, has it not only let's say I can say this correctly? Not only does it secure your future, eternal life, and and your present even relation with God, but it just disrupts the stuff going on in our head. The battle is in our head, I believe. Thank yeah, God. there's a lot of scripture yeah, about that. Yeah. The battle's in the head. That just disrupts all that. And the clear, you get a picture, and which is kind of what Paul was telling the Galatians that they had lost. They had, and they lost it. You know, you said before you, Christ had been portrayed as crucified. And you've now tried you're trying now to now be made perfect through your own godliness, through your own actions. But that just knowing that and having even a picture of what God did for you through Jesus, I believe I believe changes the way you think. And it basically begins to disrupt that loop. And I think it may be, I believe you I believe you're saved, going to heaven, you're gods, you're forgiven, accepted the moment you put your faith in Jesus. But I believe that we you know Christians need to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And so when we hear the gospel again and we hear what God has done for us, I think every time we hear it, that begins to disrupt that loop a little bit more. And I just think it has a it has a a strong relevance to life here and now. Okay. That that, that fits
1: well with something I had jotted down. Okay. Um I don't think i mentioned this last time because I think I I came across a um Uh, an individual uh, teacher a counselor that i never heard of before uh it has to do with trauma we talked about trauma several weeks ago and stuff that wayne jacobson has shared but a guy named bob hamp h-a-m-p i had never heard of him never heard heard of him him. no bob hamp i'm not even sure where he he lives but someone on facebook shared a, a message that he had preached at a church in um in texas and You know, he's obviously trained in in counseling people with with trauma and all that. But he talked about the the phrase in Romans 12, renewing the mind. And so that dovetails Mm -hmm. to what you're talking about here. You know, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And he he said something interesting on renewing the mind that I hadn't heard that I thought was probably was pretty good and probably right. He said, you know, normally... What you hear about renewing the mind is just you take out old information and you get new information. You just need some more information. You need on to that. read
0: more Christian books. I mean that's yeah. what it is. Or you gotta
1: memorize. I mean that yeah. was be- right. I mean I right. I used to when back when I was in the pastor role, I would spend a lot of time memorizing verses and thinking, okay, if I could just get those words going round and round in my head, it would automatically yeah. generate something. And you know, I'm not opposed to Bible memory, but I can tell you that really did. Honestly, that didn't make a difference. That wasn't the secret, huh? <laughs> no, that was okay. but, um, but what he said, he says that word renewing it basically means going back to the way it originally was. You know, all of us have life experiences huh. that kind of mess up what God intended us to be. And renewing the mind is basically as we. Think on these things, and as we see who Christ is, and and see that we're loved, and see the gospel, and the power of the cross, and the resurrection, know who we are. That our mind gets back to the way it originally is supposed to be.
0: That's a great I, I point. That's pretty good. You know, it? there again, that's so it fits, another it fits example with what you said. It yeah. does. That's another example. Have we have kind of looked at things a certain way for so long? Like if you said to me, "What do you mean to renew your mind," I would have kind of come up with some definition. Yeah. I guess it would mean get new information in there. But that definition, I believe, is is more accurate. I
1: mean, it's amazing how we'll take. I mean, we're so the flesh. Say this, not not we, baby. The flesh is so quick to take any verse and and find something we got to do. Right. To it always. To it always
0: is supposed to. Yeah, it, we're always supposed to interpret it in a way that we're just not doing enough, and we got to do more. And that, that's our lens that we've. <laughs> I saw their okay. phrase
1: the other day. This goes with this a little bit, but people of the book. Remember growing up, we yeah. would hear that at times that, yeah. you know, we need to be, as Christians and part of the church, we need to be people of the book, which means we're, you know, we're just going to go by what the Bible says, which, you know, well, I can to give a certain you degree, a, that's, that's okay. Yeah, I'll give you a bad. translation of that <laughs> too.
0: People buy the book, which means we got to know our Bible verses to beat up other people who don't emphasize right. the Bible verses we emphasize.
1: <laughs> or we're people of the the book, the way I read it and the right. way I what right. I think it means. But the whole thing is, you know, we, Romans seven, the New Covenant. We're not, we don't live by a written code, but right. by the Spirit of God. And and well, that is such a radically different way of living there. And so I mean, so that mind, you know, so renewing the mind and and, and changing that loop. So, so how does that happen? So, I mean, we we don't. So, we've said it doesn't depend on you know it doesn't uh, happen by us spending hours and hours and hours trying to make it happen.
0: I think a lot of hearing it. the gospel,
1: yeah, and just I mean focusing on
0: Christ. I yeah. think and, and yeah. looking to Him, yeah. looking to Him, hearing the gospel, and, uh, looking to Him, and just and just making our focus what, what has been done for us. I think that is the key to transformation. That's the key to life and peace and joy is resting in what God has done for us in Christ. And everything else becomes just another version of flesh, another version of human effort, another version of law, um, another version of obligations. And it's like it says what in 2 Corinthians, you know, has an appearance of wisdom but has no value in stopping the mm-hmm. indulgence of the flesh. Yeah. In other words, it just sounds great. If you would just do this a little more, a little better, you would be better off, and it never works. It may work, I mean, a little bit for a short period of time, but it never has lasting value. So anyway, I think, um, you know, one of the things I think that is helpful is occasionally just kind of, and I guess I wrote it down, I mean, for me and to share on the podcast, but just it's amazing to go over again just how mind-blowing the gospel is. And so we're just down a few things. You know, it's all free. Mm -hmm. that through the gospel the good news of what jesus has done for you on the cross and through his resurrection dying giving his life for you raised uh, being raised from the dead all free forgiveness is free acceptance is free closeness to god is free and is there all the time salvation is free eternal life is free your inheritance is all free peace is free happiness really is free it's all free mind-blowing and then the cross, as we've said many times, killed religion. So no more do I have to strive to please God. No more do I have to live under religious obligations. No more do I have to try to get closer to God. And no more do I have to have these looping stories of failure or whatever it is going around in my head. I don't have to live with that. And then a lot of things that can be fine are optional. Now, this is where we get in trouble when I say this. But, you know, basically your, your church attendance is optional. Yeah, I think so. I mean, let's just say it the way it is. Now, it's you do it, it is helpful to be connected and to be encouraged by other believers. I don't want to say you just
1: want to be a lone ranger yeah, Christian, Roger? That's your problem. You always tell me what my problem is. I figured out what your problem is. Oh, So you just turn it out on me. you just want to be a lone ranger Christian, don't you? Just no, you I, and God. You don't care about anybody else. Okay, are we, are Admit we done it. now? Are you done? <laughs>
0: No, I do believe I need other believers, but I don't necessarily just need them to sit next to me on a seat facing a platform <laughs> that, you know, occasionally you need them to just kind of share together and maybe share a scripture together or a life happening together, share some encouragement. Um, I have a men's group that, you know, and we get to do a lot of that, which I think is pretty, pretty helpful, but just attending a service is optional. Even Bible reading is optional. Not I love scripture and I would encourage any believer, you know, read Scripture. Um, you know, prayer is not a discipline. I mean, I hate this, the whole thing. Of, you got to have your disciplines. Really? That's a discipline? Talking to a father, God who loves you, gave himself for you, that's a discipline. You know, witnessing, sharing your faith is not an obligation. You can do it or not do it, but it's probably going to come out. You know, at some point in the right conversation, the right setting, it's probably going to come out of your mouth if you're a believer in what Jesus has done for you, that you that you're gonna express that.
1: People talk about what's important to them. Yeah. People talk yeah, about what's really they find joy over. Yeah. Yeah, and joy in. So
0: I mean giving giving you can do, not get do, but it's it's a part you give out of a cheerful heart, it says, not under obligations. This is a point blank in Second Corinthians. And so there's a whole lot of things that are all free. There's a whole bunch of things you don't have to do anymore. And there's a whole lot of stuff that's optional. And I think we've done a kind of a poor job of explaining that to believers. I mean, the, the word that comes to mind when listening to you read
1: that is just the word rest. And, you know, others have pointed out that that's really kind of the one, there's something we need to do. And basically, it's to rest yeah. in, in what's already been done. And it's just a huge sign of relief. I, that yeah. comes to mind every now I mean, when you really see the gospel, it's just one enormous exhale
0: yeah you know, just whew, all right but let oh. me let me okay let me throw something at you about that i totally agree with that okay totally agree but but <laughs> but now with, with your relation with god there's no but yeah. it's all rest okay but still we're not called to be in a grace coma okay in other words grace when you rest in god becomes kind of energizing
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah so, and I think that's an important point that we don't always make an, in grace circles. Yeah, Paul said, "I it's not
1: I, but the grace of God in me." And right, he said, me. "I do more than right. another or whatever, right. something like that." Grace
0: so. is energizing, and grace
1: is the person of Christ in
0: us. Is the person, yeah. but I think grace, oh, yeah. Christ, makes life an adventure. Um, it, it, it's not to make us a grace potato. We've said before, but when you rest in His finished work, you know you have a kind of a platform, or you have a, a foundation. Where God, I believe, can work through you to see where life goes. You get, in the, develops, you get in the flow a, a in of what He's doing. in the flow, a rhythm of what He's doing. And so I think when we tell people about grace, we have to emphasize the rest because that's what's been so neglected over mm-hmm. the years because everybody's trying to, try to earn God's acceptance. We have to, the rest. But we also have to say, you know, it's the grace that does energize us, the grace mm-hmm. that motivates us, the grace that says that God leads us, you know, to change our mind to repent, is grace does things. Grace is an act, is active ingredient. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: It's the Ephesians 2. Thank and, you for, uh, our, for by grace are you saved This you know, through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift yeah. of God. No, you know, so no one right. can boast. But we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus right. to, to walk in the good works that he has prepared. So And we're the workmanship. He's, we're a demonstration of what he's doing. So it's God who works in you both to will and to do. So I would say we're, uh, right, we're,
0: we're powered by grace, not just paralyzed by grace. Uh, true. But yeah. I think sometimes we don't make that aspect of grace clear enough. Sometimes. So anyway, what else you got? Well, not a whole lot, to be, <laughs> to well, be honest. I, mean, I, it, I have uh, some else, but I don't know if I want to get off on a whole other topic. Um, this, um, let me give you a couple of scriptures. I mean, okay? I got a couple of
1: things, but I just, they're just more questions than anything, and I, and I want to think them through before probably bringing them up. So
0: go ahead with um, that. Uh, somebody put this on Facebook, and I love the scriptures out of the New Living Translation. It says, the Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And when you look at some of these pictures coming back from these uh, new telescopes and all that, you think, golly, he just said the word, and this stuff was created. I think is amazing. I also was kind of struck by it. I never, you know, a lot of, when you understand grace, a lot of scriptures you've read in the past kind of have a different, angle now for you, or different um, um, energy. Uh, Romans fifteen four says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, and in that through endurance and the encouragement of scriptures that we might have hope. So it was written, but past, was to give us hope, not to mm-hmm. give us more obligations, more stuff yeah. to do. Th- these these are things the scriptures are to give us, to encourage us and give us hope. And lots, so many people use the scriptures to beat people down, to try to live up to something, to try to to make it a blueprint for action of, of things you got to do, rather than just God wanting you to have to be encouraged and have hope. So, anyway, any comments on that?
1: No, absolutely um, agree with it. I <laughs> thought of one thing now, forgot what I was going to say and related that when you f- first started talking, but.
0: Well, like we just um, closed out the podcast with Jeff saying, "I was going to say something, and I forgot what it was." <laughs> so yeah, we always. And thought, so you know, we just. Works
1: out great to have a big ending like that, yeah. just you know, just kind of them with a the climax or, ending and leave
0: them wow, what an ending, right? Just the real uh, what's the what's the word? Just um, the the uh, final um, what's like what, if you're doing fireworks. What's the, what's the thing that happens? The, finale, the, 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 the finale, grand yeah, finale. Yeah, the grand finale. That's our grand finale, Jeff. Saying I had something else I was going to say, but I can't now remember what it was. So anyway, thanks for listening.
1: one to make, i remember now <laughs> oh the, the great if, if out, here it here, is here it no, is just just because i realized this will be uh, uploaded the uh, first sunday in or the second sunday in october and the, that'll be the um, sunday before i attend the uh, the grace reach conference in johnson city oh, okay. tennessee I mentioned that two or three weeks ago and so if anyone listening is going to that conference uh
0: is there a website what do their, they do
1: well it's grace reach i'd I, I don't know if it's gracereach.org or not but anyway Brad Robertson's hosting that but if anyone's there at the conference you know looking forward to meeting you and I'm not good with names and so um, be patient with me on that but I- I'm looking forward to that I'm not going to be able to go to the Network 220 next year though I already saw that they put the dates out for in uh, Plano, oh, yeah? Texas uh, first weekend of May and there's a couple reasons I can't yeah. I'm not available then so I'm going to miss that one but looking forward to the one in Johnson City here and just coming up pretty soon alright alright so.